Welcome to our PME. This is Saratova Best. We are continuing with the relationship between physical and spiritual and physical, Yaakov and Esav, etc. Esav being the physical, higher and lower, all of that. And at the end today, in a short time, we're going to come to a revolution. A revolutionary piece of information that changes all of reality. So, um, we're just going to do a little introduction. That we see the special kayak that Yaakov Avinu had when he came to Kharan. That he was, what was his special kayak? He came to Kharan. He left a holy, pure place where everything was good, except that his brother hated him. And he was going down, this is the beginning of Gullus. He was going down into Gullus. That's no fun. <laughs> That's no fun. So how did he do it? Well, hint, hint. What did we talk about yesterday? He probably couldn't, we're going to assume. He might not have been able to do it. But he made a stop along the way. Where did he stop? The place of the base of Migdash. So here's a life skill that we get out of it. Watch this. On your way, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, no, I'm going to the dentist. I hate going there or whatever. Anything like that. I have to go to... I have to go to the DMV, you have to go to the Social Security office, you know, all those places. I know somebody that just didn't get a passport because he doesn't like standing in line at offices. You can imagine. He said, you need a passport. He said, I will not sit there, you know, until – so that kind of thing. There, there are situations that we find ourselves in that we don't want to go to. So that's our Kharan. You know, Kharan Afshel Makam, you know, Hashem seems angry. In other words, why don't you want to go to that situation? It feels like in that place, Hashem's in a bad mood. If he, when Hashem is in a good mood, you feel good. So that means, is he always in a bad mood at the DMV? Probably. Right? You know what the DMV is? Driver, driver, motor vehicle bureau. It's just not a fun place to be. Especially, well, in New York. It's not a fun place to be. So... How, why is it not a fun place to be? Isn't every place in the world a fun place to be at this point? Isn't every place a place where Hashem sent me to that place? And I just love it. So why is, why is everybody saying, I don't want to go to the DMV, or kids say, I don't want to go to the doctor, or why are there places that are our are, are personal charan? You know, like, I don't want to go there. It might be, I don't know, you know, I don't know such deep chassidus, but in places that we perceive as really unpleasant, Hashem is more concealed there. Or he's in a bad mood, so to speak. I guess when Hashem is what we call in a bad mood, he, can, he hides himself. I mean, I'm just, I'm just guessing. But he's more concealed in the DMV. And the proof is, it's awful. <laughs> plus, plus, you know, plus the fever there and all that stuff. So when you're on your way down to Haran, take a lesson from your father. You say, Huh? What should I do? I'm going to a place that I don't want to show it to her, that I don't want to go to. Says, do what your father did. You know, do what I did. What I did is, I stopped at the place of the base of Migdash. So, what do we do when we're dreading doing something? I mean, all day, you know, I don't feel like cleaning up the kitchen. I'm like, oh, I don't feel like doing the laundry. You're sort of, when you feel you're sort of like in a small way dreading doing something. Uh, you know, I don't feel... Okay, but here's a nice little life skill that Yaakov Avinu is giving us. On the way down to the thing, they're like, oh, I don't feel like doing it. Yaakov Avinu, you think he was, I can't wait to go to Haran. He did not volunteer to go to Haran. 
his 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 brother chasing him forced him to go to to go. He wouldn't have volunteered to go, probably. It's not. I and mean, who wants to hang around with this mafia type of family that you know you can't you probably can't sleep without your suitcase under your head, you know, right? Who wants to go there? So what do you do when you have to face situations that you feel like ah, I'm dreading doing it? I'm dreading going to the DMV. Stop off on the way at the place of the base of Yeah. Whether it's a place, you stop in a shul, or whether it's a place in yourself, or you connect to the Nasi Hadar. You connect to the Maishrabeinu of the generation. Of course you can do it in your own house. And you connect. That's your stopping at the base of Migdash. And then, when, I'm just um, hypothesizing this, when you then get to that not-so-tasty place that you don't really want to go to, but you realize Hashem is sending you there, you go, obviously, in a very different way. Because here it says, Yaakov Avinu came, and boy, did he, I don't even know if he knew what he was going to face, but he was misgaber, he um, strengthened himself over the concealment of Haran. It was an icky, yicky, ucky, yucky, lousy, icky place. <laughs> Creepy, sleazy, all that place. And yet he strengthens himself against the sleaziness. Here, here it's called the helm. I call it the sleaziness of Haran. And not only that, so, no, so how did he have the, the kayak to do that? Probably partly or fully because he stopped in the place of the base of Migdash. He himself was anyway a living base of Migdash. But it's interesting that even if you're a living base of Migdash, you're fully standing in your full holy power. It seems like on the way to difficult avidas, you need to stop in the place of the base. You need to be in the place. It's not enough to just be. I'm just guessing from this. It's not enough to just be a, a living base of Migdash. You actually have to go to the base of Migdash. That's why we come here. And in Yemaisa Mashiach, we're going to be going to the base of Migdash three times a year. So, you know, what, 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 so there's something about that. Now, it gave him the kayak to not be dragged down by the darkness of Haran. And not only that, mechaber ma'achet zayn mata. He was able to to do dynamic things that no one else could do ever. Unify heaven and earth. That's pretty good, you know. So where are you going today? Ah, oh, I really don't want to go. Where are you going? The Motor Vehicle Bureau. I have to renew my license. They're like, oh yeah, I know it's horrible. You sit there for hours and there's loud rock and roll music or whatever. So well, what are you going to do? He said, well, ostensibly I'm going to renew my license but I'm going to unify heaven and earth there they're like oh good luck <laughs> but you do you know you come with a few Sheva Mitzvah cards and you unify heaven and earth you know and then somebody's like uh, you know I used to wait for the Labor Day parade here and you know give out the cards to all the girls in the interesting outfits so um, so he unified there soul and neshama and body and and Ruchnius and Gashmius, he did all of that through the revelation of Atmos. Now, he built a family. He built a family. And he somehow, he brought holiness to that place. And it's interesting that he had to go to the lowest place to, to rather than stay in a very pure place 
and 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 you know pull the holiness to him. He went to really the toughest place to do hafata, so to speak, and he succeeded. He was able to basically, I guess, take the take the sparks of the place and accomplish something that would be eternal. We are sitting here today. We exist today because he did that. If he hadn't gone to Haran, we may not have ever been born. So I just have to check if I did the recording. Okay. Just, so, and the Chiddush here is achieved specifically by going down into Haran. It makes you wonder, you know, people often criticize that that the Lubavitch Rebbe sent people on Shlichus, you know, out to such places. You know, where are you going to go? Las Vegas, excuse me. California, Los Angeles, excuse me. You know, people used to say, they'll in Kalyavaran, they'll get ruined. The Rebbe would say, no, 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 no. They're going to be strengthened. They're going to be strengthened. And not only that, they're going... Wait, we'll see in a second. They'll transform it. So the Chiddush is that he had to, in order to create this eternity of unifying heaven and earth, he had to do it in Charon. He couldn't do it in Eretz Yisrael. And therefore he was able to establish the 12 Shvatim, his, his family, specifically in Charon. And Mitatsa Shlema, everybody was whole. His whole family was whole. Who's his family? You and me. And you, okay? We, somehow we are whole. In other words, if he established a family, Mitasa Shlema, that everybody was whole, and we're his family, we must be whole, even though we feel like we're sort of broken. <laughs> but that's just external nothing. It's not the reality. Right. We're very, uh, even our, even physically in our, in our, you know, we really can't judge by, oh, um, you know, I lost my earring and I got upset, so that means I'm not whole. I don't know. I think Rebbe has a different definition than us about what means whole. But we know by Akovino, his family was whole. We're his family. I guess we're whole. And not only that, what does it mean, mitasa shlema? His, it means his, his bed was, was complete. It doesn't say his offspring were complete. Right? It doesn't say his offspring. It says mitasa shlema. Like, that's a little funny expression, you know? So what does it have to do with Mita, Mata? The lower worlds were complete. Hey, we're part of the lower world, especially when we lose our earrings, we're annoyed. That's being in the lower world where people get annoyed. And somehow we're complete. That the Mata, look, the Rebbe is saying the Mata, the, the lower worlds, and those of us who hang out in the lower worlds are, are complete. Now, we don't hang out, we personally don't hang out in the lower worlds. Like, we're not hanging out with Mafia. That's not what we mean. We're not underworld people. But we're very disappointed with ourselves when we become upset that we can't find our earring. And we're upset that we're upset. You know, like, ah, oh, I can't be a real chassid because I got angry. You know, why didn't you tell me I, that, why didn't anybody say to me, you only have one earring? And then I would have looked right here and found it and oh, blah, 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 blah. Right? So we're very disappointed. On our, you know, sometimes you look at people, you see people like on the subconscious level, they, you know, you ask, do you feel like if you were part of the mafia, you would feel that you're any lower? They say, no, I'm so low. I got angry. I'm a low person. <laughs> it's all the same if they were part of the mafia or they get angry about their earring. So, but here, 
the Tzayir is saying, you're not low. If you're Yaakov Avinu's child, the Mita, the Mata, the lowest world is also complete. So that means, and in a situation where he's lying down, where you're lying down, hopefully people, you know, why do you have a bed to lie down, to go to sleep? You're not standing up, right? Lucy saw the doctor, and the doctor said, no more monkeys jumping on the bed. Remember that? Everybody, every child knows that. No more monkeys jumping on the bed. Hopefully you're not jumping on a bed. You're lying down on a bed. Okay, whoever knows that, all my kids know, no more, no jumping on the bed. So you're lying down on the bed. When you're lying down, you're also, you're not at your best. When you're standing up, and that was the whole thing of the, the, the other day, when you're standing up, it's more, you know, at least your mind, which knows better, is ruling your heart and your foot. You know, don't get angry. Hashem didn't want you to have that earring. So you have some ability to kind of talk yourself into acting a little better or feeling, feeling a, having more elevated emotions. But when you're lying down, your head's on the same level as your foot. Don't tell me not to be annoyed at my, my earring. I like to see you not both be annoyed at your earring. So it's in a situation, and therefore, when your head and your foot are on the same level, your spiritual and your physical are on the same level, level, that's what, what did he do? He revealed that mitasa shlema. He revealed that you can have everything on the same level. To say it in, in simple terms, and I'm sorry, by, by revealing atmos, which I'll say in a second what that is, to say it in simple terms, here we see kind of an approach that's saying, you're okay. You're okay. I mean, on a practical level, you know, if you watch the news and you listen to see the way most people are thinking and acting and feeling, you're among the best. <laughs> they just lowered the standard. You know, they put the bar down so you get to be one of the best in the world because, uh, you know, no one's doing too well over here. But somehow you are complete. It's, and it comes from Shlemus Gilia Atmos. In other words, when he connected to that place where Asmus, the essence of Hashem, is in the base of Migdash, it gave him the ability to give birth to people who were living Asmus. What's Asmus? Asmus, the essence of Hashem, is a place where nothing, it all becomes equalized. Uh, refined, not refined, upper, lower, spiritual, physical, it all becomes equalized. That's why when you think, I don't feel like I'm in that good shape, but when you connect yourself to that energy where it's all equalized, um, you're, you're, you're sort of, I, I feel like what it's saying is, in the place of asmus, you are considered good and good enough because the one that you're representing is good and good enough. That's Hashem. So if you are a representative of Hashem, somebody looks at you and they're like, wow, I see Hashem. And Hashem is perfect. So they think you're perfect too. <laughs> if you are completely shining Hashem through you, then they'll... Yeah. I once... Yeah. I once went on Messiah in Great Neck with Javi. And, you know, she handed this woman a card and this and that and the brochures, lighting Shabbos candles, etc. And the woman looked at her. And I know this phenomenon. 
What happens is you give somebody who's not from something to do with Yiddishkeit, and you give them a picture there, then all that, they fall in love with Hashem at that moment. I see it. I watch it. I see it happening psychologically. They fall in love with Hashem at that second, at least temporarily, and so they look at you and they're in love. That's one of the reasons the Rebbe says, do not do time with men. Because you, you, when, as soon as you hand them something, <clears throat> they, they literally fall in love with Hashem. And you don't want them to then be looking at you when they just fell in love. Let's, let's, let's just leave it to the, right? So guess what? How do I know? Um, so I was with Javi and she had, we were in a park and she handed to oh, Javi Cohn. What? Javi Cohn. And, and, Chabi Kohn. And she handed something to this woman. And the woman turned and looked at her and said, you have the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen. <laughs> it was a very, it was an older woman. Mm-hmm. And I thought, right, exactly. This woman suddenly fell in love with Hashem because we, you know, gave her something and showed her pictures and this and that that aroused her Esam and Nefesh. She fell in love with Hashem at that second she looked at Chavi, so all of a sudden she said, you have the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen. Isn't that interesting? So, I hope she didn't stay in love with Chavi forever. I don't know. <laughs> so, again, it goes it goes underground, but it keeps coming, you know, it's always there. Once, once you woke it up, then it has a life of its own. Because so the same thing, if Yaakov Avinu goes to the place of the base of Migdash, and then he goes to Haran, he's not still in the base of Middash, unless he carries the base of Middash with him, which, of course, Yaakov Avinu could. So he was probably, when he was in Haran, surrounded by the bubble of the base of Middash, of the place of the base of Middash. I mean, it was Makam and Middash. It was, um, what was it, Haran Maria? What was it? I think the place where the Mizbeach was? I forget. No, in the place where the Haran Maria, I think. Right. So the same thing when we go out in Mithsayim, we 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 start from here, and we, we don't just go, but you start, you know, connecting yourself deeply to Hashem, etc. And then you go out, and you go out in a bubble, surrounded by the bubble of Hashem. And then it's very different. So that's the other that's the other kind of skill tool we want to use when we're going to a place that we don't want to go to. Um, go and make sure you go in in the bubble of Hashem. And since the Rebbe is the one who sends us out of Mephsayim, go in his bubble. Don't go alone, ever. I guess we shouldn't. You know, the Rebbe was very mocked about nobody should ever walk alone at night. You know, so, um, yeah. But we shouldn't walk alone anywhere, anywhere, because we're going in a weakened state. We need to go in a strong state. Okay, so Maita Avas Simen Labanim, meaning... The day, the day, the day, the day. Right, right, right. So Maita means all of that that we just said now applies to us. What applies to us? The unifying of the upper part and the lower part. Um, that the um, that even your lower aspects, your mata, your mita, um, should be. Let's see, mata elokim biyada. Mata elokim biyada the staff of Hashem in his hand. Uh, I don't know where that classic is from. The staff of Hashem is in his hand. 100. The footnote is cut off. Footnote is cut off. 
But this, there's somewhere in Tanakh where the staff of Hashem was in his hand. And then what do you do? Oh, maybe it's Baishar Benu. The staff, oh, thank you. The staff of Hashem was in his hand. The Rebbe says, for you, you too. And what was he able to do with it? Miracles. Isis and Meisim in Eretz Mitzrayim. Oh, isn't that interesting? When Meisher Rabbeinu went into the palace. Now, pick a place that Meisher Rabbeinu might not have felt like going. Dentist, medium. Foot doctor, eh, eh. DMV, mm, didn't have. He said, pick me, pick me. Um, could I tell you the place I really don't want to go? Yeah. Pyro's Palace. Oh, right. I didn't think of that. He did not. Well, who would want to go to Pyro's Palace? He was DMV on steroids. <laughs> so, but, so Meisher Benu didn't go alone. He went with the staff of Hashem in his hand. Right, but, right, but somehow having the staff, the stick of Hashem in his hand gave him a certain power, a certain strength, and he was able in that place that's so dark and, and rebelliously dark and uh, what's the word? Um, not viciously dark. It was. Harris Palace wasn't just a um, passive kind of a place. It was a place where the Klippa and the darkness were trying to swallow up Kedusha and destroy it forever. You know, they were out to get him. He, they, they weren't just, it wasn't just boring. It was, they were after him. And yet he was able to create miracles in Eretz Mitzrayim. So Eretz Mitzrayim is also Meitzar Vezbul. The place where they buy into the limitations of nature. That's what Eric Smith's rhyme is. The land of limitations. Limitations of what? Of nature. Like, um, you know, we say every day, oh, I wish I could have some tea, but there are no tea bags here. Limitations of nature say, there are no tea bags here. You're not going to have tea. In Mitzrayim, they said, you can't fight City Hall. If there are no tea bags, there is not going to be tea for you. That's it. And in Eretz Yisrael, they said, if Hashem wants me to have tea, I'll have tea. Two opposite messages. So in the land of the limitations of nature, and see, and, and it's interesting that the limitations of nature seems um, fairly um, innocuous, meaning, so if you don't live on that level where you realize if you need tea, you say, Hashem, please give me tea. No, it's, it's okay. So it's funny that just because they bought into the limitations of nature, they were so evil in the land of Mitzrayim? Interesting. It's an interesting concept. Almost like you start with believing that there are all kinds of limitations in nature, which is, you know, fairly, uh, there's nothing so bad about that. And still be good and moral and do business. But somehow the end of that journey is evil. Because Pharaoh was very evil. So it's, it's Eretz Mitzrayim. In Mitzrayim, he was making miracles. They were after him. And he, and he was, that mina, mina from this constriction, I call out to you, Hashem. And then Hashem gives us the wideness. Right? Starting with, I mean, the simple, you know, like, Hashem, please, I need tea. You know, and, and he gives us wideness. Which is the revelation of the Merchava Atmi of Atzmus Hashem. Tomorrow, when we speak about the Mitharebbe, we're going to see that. Merchava Atmi. I guess Merchava Atmi is a place where um, the wideness of Hashem's essence. Hashem's essence is infinite. You have a piece in you that's connected to that. Otherwise, if I don't have anything 
that relates to Hashem's essence, I really am not that inspired to know about it. I don't, I'm not that inspired to know about the nuclear physics behind the spaceships. Like, well, what does that have to do with me? But in this case, why do I want to know about the wideness of the essence of Hashem? Part of me is totally connected to that. Oh, okay. So, um, because the shlamas of the beer, when we're purifying the lowest world, how do you do it? How do you purify the lowest world? Dafka through revealing atmas, which is above my mata. In, in other words, how do you reveal, how do you purify the, the physical and lowest world? By bringing the essence of Hashem into that place. Um, that involves a lot of a lot of things, but remember, the essence of Hashem is a place where there's no judgment. So normally, we would see a Jew on the street who you can tell is very secular, many tattoos, many, many earrings, many cheeseburgers falling out of their pockets, etc. And normally, we would say, eh, you know, eh, you know, or poor thing and walk the other way. But from the place of view of Atmos of Hashem, Hashem says, on the level of my essence, their essence is just, their essence and my essence is one. So connect to them. On the level of what they're doing, their deeds, yeah, they have room for improvement. They could get rid of a few of those cheeseburgers. But that's on the level of what they do. But on the level of what they are, their essence is the same essence as mine, is one piece. So, you know, that, that enables it to do this. It's called, here, I'm just going to say it says, Pshit is the Atmos, which is connected and one with the Pshit of Yid. The simple essence of Hashem is, is one piece with the, your simple essence. So we say, wow, wait, Hashem's essence, it's connected with your essence. Oh, that's called Yisrael B'Kutcher B'Chukulachad. The Yid and Hashem are all one piece. So, okay. And therefore, the Iker Avaita, the main Avaita that Yaakov did in Charon, is spoken about in Parsha's Vayetze. Um, that's spoken about in this Parsha is about himself. He did other stuff. He also had a big effect on the world. You know, there are times when you're focusing on, you know, I'm going to the dentist, that's for me. I don't know how, you know, or whatever it is, I'm going to the foot doctor, that's for me. But then, you know, and there are sometimes you're doing things for the world. So the main emphasis in Vayetze is about, about what's happening to him. What was happening? Gili Yisachtos Aneshama Vaguf Mitatoshlema. His body and his soul um, were revealed as one um, as one piece. He became a very unified. He was a living, pure example of Hashem in this physical world. He wasn't stuck. He wasn't blocked. He didn't have a split. It's not like. His neshama was one way, but the way he was acting in his practical life was oigaval. He didn't have a split. So, um, um, one second. And therefore, what we focus on in this parsha is that because he was able to maintain himself and become powerful, he gave birth to his family there. We were all born in Haran. Isn't that interesting? So, which hospital were you born in? Laban's Hospital. Oh, so how was the staff there? 
corrupt. I see. So did they take your insurance? Oh, plus they took plenty in their own pocket from my insurance. You know, I was born in Lovins Hospital. You know, uh, gee, you, why didn't you go somewhere else? My father wanted to go there. That's where he, he said he's got to give birth, you know, or my mother said I got to give birth in Lovins Hospital. That's it. What are you going to do? So, um, <laughs> and then there, so there has to be the paula. So now that's good. So he gave birth to his family. Okay. Now what are you going to do, Yaakov Avinu? What about the world? He said, I don't know, you know, we're tired. No, 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 no. Next Parsha, get ready. You have Shabbos to rest up. Next Parsha, you got to go out to the world, Yaakov Avinu. You know, it goes really fast. Right? One week, he gives birth, you know, in one week, he gives birth to 12 children. Moves fast. Parsha's Vayetze. Like, if you're five years old, you think that way, right? If you're five years old, you say, Mommy, how did Yaakov Avinu, he, he did so many things so fast, he gave birth to 12 kinder left all in one week. And the next week he went to Eretz Yisrael, he moved so fast, did he take a spaceship, you know, right? In their mind, it's like that. So in the one week, he did so much. Next week, Yaakov Avinu rests up of, over Shabbos, because next week, Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim, Lefan of Next week, Yaakov Avinu, now that you gave birth to all your 12 children in one week, uh, in Parshas Vayetzeh, now you have to send uh, malachim, either angels or shluchim, to ace of your brother, the one who hates you. Um, are to say you stay adam. You know you're going to meet up with the guy that uh, was the reason you ran away to, to Eretz Charon, the land of Charon. What a fun life! First you're running away from Asav, <coughs> and then you're running away from Lavan. You're just always running. You know the fugitive. And then we think, that's my father. No wonder I'm, I need therapy. <laughs> you, know, you know how, like they say about Yidin, you know, there was a girl I remember in Tel Aviv. I remember being in the youth hostel. And there was a girl, I, I'm trying to sleep, and it's 7 in the morning, and she's talking loud. You know, they're always, and they're always, like, taking things out of their plastic bags loud at 7 in the morning. So this girl is talking to her friend. She said, my mother says that wherever I am, I always want to be somewhere else. So now that I'm in Tel Aviv and I want to, I said, I want to come to Israel and I'm in Tel Aviv. My mother said, so she said, no, I want to go soon to Greece. You know, she said, you always want to be somewhere where you're not. So it's, why? Well, here we go. You know, we're on the run. The new shlichus is to get used to, there's no place to run to. Machta Eretz Yisrael. I don't have to run anymore. I just stand in Atmos, in my true essence. And I just stand like sitting bull, no move. You know, I just stand firm and and let the world come to me. Plenty of opportunities will come to me. No more running, right? So, <coughs> so it says that in Hasidus that Yaakov is the level of Tikkun and Esav is the level of Tayhu. Tayhu is a very wild energy. Tikkun is very calm. Yaakov is from Tikkun. He sat quietly, Tikkun. He sat quietly in the tents of Tyra learning. He was not looking for adventure. Asav, oh my goodness. He was looking for adventure. One second, 78 years old and he's running, 76 years old and he's running for president, isn't he? That's the dilemma of Asav, he's 76 
and he's going. He's planning to run for president at, seven, at age 78. That's called looking for action. Yes, I guess. Well, Mashiach's gonna gonna win, right? So, um, um, one second. And so Yaakov who sent Malachim to Asav. Why? He figured that Asav was finally purified. Said, "I've been gone for a whole, you know, in the Chumash it's only a week, but it was really twenty years. It was really twenty years. So I've been gone for twenty years. Maybe Asav calmed down. Maybe he went to a therapist." Maybe he had some energy work done. Maybe he went for life to a life coach. Who knows? But 20 years to calm down. He got a little older. You know, the temper calmed down a little bit. Maybe it's okay to go. And anyway, what am I going to do? Stay over here in Kharan with the other Meshuggah? What should I do? Try try the old Meshuggah. <laughs> right? So, so Asa is on his way, and he's sending, he's telling, uh, sorry, so Yaakov is on his way, and he's figuring it'll be okay. You know, imagine if we were the the life coach, we'd say, uh, or we'd say, Tata, why are you going to Asaph? He doesn't, didn't like you 20 years ago. What got better? But no, nah, I'm sure it'll be okay. All right, fine. You sure it'll be okay? Uh, at, on Based on what, Tati, are you thinking it's going to be okay? He probably is already purified. Now, it's an interesting question. The assumption was based on something. I don't know what ya- – Yaakov didn't just, you know, let's think positively. He obviously made that assumption that Esau is purified based on something. I'm not sure what. Maybe because Yaakov Avinu was doing such a strong avida in, in Haran, which is the other evil place, and he obviously purified some of the evil – so it had an osmotic effect, so to speak, on Asav. So maybe he felt that the, the Avaida that I did in Haran also affected Asav across the border. Maybe. And we do know, you know, our thoughts here affect somebody there. So he assumed Asav probably already had a bearer. And therefore, um, the Chibor, uh, the light, oh, and remember, oh, and this is crucial. Asaf is from the world of Taihu. Yaakov is from the world of Tikkun. So what does the Lubavitcher Rebbe say about the light of Tayu and the, and the vessels of Tikkun? Put them together. Right? Put them together. Sure, the Rebbe said, do everything you can to bring Mashiach in a way of the light of Tayu. Bring them down into the vessels of Tikkun. Iris to Tayu in Kalim to Tikkun. So once we reach, what was it, Tavshin Memches, 1988? No, no, Tavshin Nanalov. 1991, that's when the Rebbe said, do everything you can to bring Mashiach in a way of Iris Tayu, merging with Kalim de Tikkun. They have to meet. Okay, who do we know from the world of Tayu? Ding, 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 Asav. The guy running for president, you know, Asav. And who? How do we know he's Asav? There are nations that come from Asav. And also look at the way he looks. You know, but, but there are nations that come from, from Asaph. The Roman Empire, the American people, the white Anglo-Saxon, you know, I'm saying the, 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 the white Anglo-Saxon people who live in America are from Asaph. They're from Rome, essentially. It's the Roman Empire. Right? So, so it came to the point. So Yaakov Avinu knew that ultimately Yemaisa Mashiach will come through the union of 
the 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 lights of Tayu with the vessels of Tikkun. Heaven and Earth. Um, I guess so. It's comparable to it. You know, a place where there's tremendous light and also, the, the, let me just say this. The thing about the lights of Taihu is they're wild, incredible lights. But there aren't very many vessels for them. You know, it's like, it's like you have a huge thing full of coffee and not one single cup or one cup and they're, and they made enough coffee for 150 people, but there are no cups. That's what it's like in the world of Taihu. Huge amount of light, very few vessels. Now, in the world of Tikkun, there are lots of vessels. They're like, they bought 500 cups, but they put a little chinik there with enough water for three cups of, three cups of coffee. It's the reverse. It's the reverse. Right? So that's the way it is, you know? You know what you feel like when you go to a place, they're like, cups, cups, cups. Where's the hot water? Oh, somebody forgot to put it up before Shabbos. <laughs> I love those kind of things. So ultimately, Yaakov Avinu, if he is the essence of Tyra, he's he's the choicest of all. He's the one who begins, you know, he's our father of Tyra. So he knows, obviously, that ultimately Yemaisa Mashiach comes through the union of the lights of Tayu with the vessels of Tikkun. He knows he's from the world of Tikkun. He's got the vessels of Tikkun. So whom can he, whom can he hook up with that... Uh, has the lights of Tayu, somebody from the world of Tayu. He says, oh, yeah, Asa, oh, great. <laughs> oh, great. But you know you know the story about as, during, like, September 11th, and there was this man, Ari, he told the whole story about there was this woman, Virginia, that was his, his boss in, in the Twin Towers, and she was so nasty to him all the time. She was just horrible to him. And And, and when 9-11 happened, he managed to escape, and he ended up on a floor where, you know, he was he he was sort of safe, but he had to figure out how to get it. And there was a woman there um, that needed say, to be saved, and it was Virginia. And she said, oh, no, Ari, it had to be you. So she thought he would just say, eh, you ruined my life for years. Well, goodbye. And he would save himself and leave her there. But he took her down the stairs. He carried her down the stairs like, 80 flights of stairs and he said Virginia she wasn't married and he said Virginia I promise you I will get you back to your mother and he called her mother and said she is here she's safe right so imagine so so Yaakov Ari yeah yeah he's Jewish right 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 so 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 Yaakov Abinu is like where do I get the lights of Taihu Oh, no, it has to be my brother Asaph. oh boy that guy I well then we need to meet if we need to unify the lights of Tayu and the vessels of Tikkun, the world of Tayu and the world of Tikkun, he's from the world of Tayu, I'm from the world of Tikkun, we need to make a shidduch in a way that is permissible. I'm not marrying my daughter to his son, but we need to meet. We need to get together. And that's why he said, I'm on my way back to Eretz Yisrael. I know how to deal with the chevra. I know how to deal with mafia. I've been here for 20 years. I'm mafia, I'm like, you know, street smart, I'm mafia smart. I already know how to deal with Asa. Then he's probably already purified. Let's go. And but he sent Malach. He went with Malachim. So you know, a handshake with those kind of people, you never know. Right? <laughs> what's what's inside the handshake? So um, now, what is that all about? Um, that's all about the idea that 
Um, what does it represent, him getting together with, with, with Asav? That, um, that you have, you're going to have this whole idea of the highest lights of Taihu are going to come into the vessels of Tiku. So that means they are going to, when they meet, they're sort of going to step into, you know, a Hakel moment, a moment of Mashiach that's injected, that's injected into that time in history. It's probably, it's not going to be forever. It, it'll emerge and then go underground, but it's another piece of building, building this, this union. So, um, now, however, Yaakov came to the place when he met Asab and he said, oops, doesn't seem to be as ready as I thought. He said, I guess, so Hashem is saying, Yaakov Vina, that was very sweet of you. Actually, Asab is almost ready. He will be ready in Yemais Mashiach. Just give him, he's getting ready. Give him a few more, give him three and a half thousand years more. <laughs> just, you know, he's like, you know, I'm almost ready. Wait, could you just give me a ride to 770? I'll be ready in a minute or 3,000 years, you know. So, so Hashem is saying, Asa was getting ready. And in your mind, he'll be ready. It says, um, and when will it be in your mind? It says, this has to do with France, but that's another thing. And, and what's Mashim? How do we say Mashim? The, uh, you cannot let it talk. The, whatever, machine will go to Hartian, and Asav will, the whole thing will come together. Asav Yaakov, Asav will be judged. He did some beyond horrific things to us throughout the generations. Right? The Roman Empire, we won't even, he'll be judged. He's not just, you know what, let's just shake hands and make up. Uh, no, no. You need, you, Hashem will work out a deal with you, a plea bargain. But this, there's no free lunch. You know, we don't just shake hands for free. Talk to Hashem. He'll work it out. And then let's get together. So, essentially, um, here, I want to jump to this part in a second. Ooh, maybe it's here. Ah, yeah, yeah. Thank God. Okay. So, these two parshas, Vayeta and Vayishlach, in the Avaita of Yaakov Avinu, which means in your Avaita, that it's the first place in Tyra where the Seder of the Avaita down here is spoken about. You know, everyday Avaita. These two parshas give out the content, the whole purpose of what you are doing here when you're doing mitzvahs. Like, what are you doing in your life? Remember we said, somebody says, hi, what's your name? My name is this. What do you do? I unify heaven and earth. That's so funny. I asked the other one. She also said, what, are you all twins? Quintuplets, everybody over here, you know, unifies heaven and earth. You know, everybody who's Jewish, is that's what you all do. You all unify heaven and earth. Yeah. And then we say to them, are you Jewish? They say, no. You say, guess what? You can also unify heaven and earth. <laughs> Let's all unify heaven and earth. They say, well, I'm busy. They say, there's really, well, we tell them, there's really nothing else to be busy with. If you are a computer programmer, you learned computers so that you could unify heaven and earth. No, but I'm a plumber. So you do plumbing so you can unify heaven and earth. One's not a contradiction. So join the club. What do we do? We unify heaven and earth. So these two, so those, so these, these two, these two parshias are all about what are we doing here in this world doing mitzvahs, especially since Matan Tyrus. What are we here to do to, cl- 
to mevarer. I don't know how to say to separate and cleanse and and purify the um, your gashmius of your body and the world. You're here to purify your body and purify the world, and make it a vessel for the ruchnius of your neshama. You're here to purify your body, purify the world, and and make it so that it's a vessel for all the beautiful, incredible spiritual light that comes through your neshama. To the extent that, how much do you have to do it? So that your very physicality will reveal reveal Hashem in the most powerful way. That's why we were saying, ultimately, your physicality will reveal Hashem more than your, your, your body will reveal Hashem more than your neshama. As it's going to be done, the shlemus in the, in Yemaisa Mashiach, that the gashmias of the body and the world will be purified, um, and they will be able to receive the light of Hashem. It's called the The glory of Hashem will be revealed, and you'll see that everything comes from Hashem. And the physical flesh itself will, and every rock and every stone will call out the truth. Will call out the truth. So therefore, um, okay. So um, this whole idea of what what Yaakov and, and Yaakov was looking for in Asa, believing that he's ready, he's ready for the Geula. So we see that through the revelation of Pnei Satira, therefore everything becomes supercharged, and the physical world becomes purified much faster. So that's why here you have Yaakov Avinu walking around with Shnei Satira just coursing through his veins, like the Mithra coursing through his veins, and he sees life as, what do you mean Esav is ready? It's a very interesting Haira, because a lot of people say anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism, blah, 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 blah. and I heard a shear last night from Rabbi Wolf. He said, everybody's scared and they all want to move to Israel, and he said, very interesting thing. Of course it's a good thing to move to Israel. Not out of fear. Same thing, Rabbi Manus Friedman said the same thing. Should everybody move to Israel? He said, sure, but not out of fear. We don't run there to get away from something here. That's not a reason to go. If you're running, stay home. Stay here. We don't move to Israel because it's scary here. You don't go out of fear. It's too, Erythokitis is too holy. So, so, um, forgot my train of thought, but, oh, so Rabbi Wolf said, it looks really serious, anti-Semitism, and Esav, and Esav, and Esav, and Twitter, and da, da, da. He didn't say who is posting on Twitter. I don't go on Twitter, but somebody's posting on Twitter, uh, not good things. Maybe you know who it is. So, uh, no, we're not Twitter people. So Rabbi Wolf said, don't be afraid. You know who it is? No, no. Rabbi Wolf said, don't be afraid. I'm going to teach you the parsha, and you're going to see you don't have anything to worry about. You don't have to run there to Israel. You don't have to run to Israel, and you don't have to feel I have to make Aliyah. It's scary in L.A. Everybody in L.A. is afraid. No, you don't have to be afraid, and I'm going to show you from the parsha. So that idea that Yaakov Avinu says, Esav is ready. But at that time, so watch this, and we're going to end off with this. Everything we said here has to do with all Yidden in every generation, and how much more so in this generation, because all, according to all the signs in the Septus Sanhedrin and Midrashim and other places, we are already showing by the Geula Mamish. We're standing at the, 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 the moment of the Geula. 
and especially recently, after Reboy Muflag from Maasenu Bevodesenu Bemeshach Koladaris. All of the billions and billions of mitzvahs and Kiddush Hashem and all that, that didn't did throughout all the generations, especially um, after the Avaita of Rabbi Seinu Nisienu, beginning with um, the Alter Rebbe, Yotes Kislev, then comes Yod Kislev, and then Koptal Tevis, and then etc. All of that. So we know that through all of that Avaita that came throughout all the generations, Hutman shined for Endik Alabirun. We completed all the Birun. The purification of the world. The separation. Watch this. Two paragraphs. We're ending with that. We have completed the bearer of Esav, who is Edom. Edom is America. From the Roman Empire. We have completed the bearer of Esav, who is America. Edom is completed. How much more so? Even if you want to say in the time of Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov already believed that Esav was already purified. And according to the level of Yaakov, it was true. So, says the Rebbe, after all the Avaita that we've done since the time of Yaakov Avinu, is Esav Shain in Gansan Nisbarer Gevarn. And now we have come to a point where Esav is completely Nisbarer. That's a strong statement. He's, he's uh, how do you want to say Nisbarer? Purified, elevated, cleansed. We see it in the way that in Gullus Edom, the way they act. The nations of the world who come from Esau Edom in a way of Malchus Shel Chesed. Again, this was said 30 years ago, this Sicha, but still it didn't go backwards. It feels like it went backwards. But if the Rebbe is saying Esau is purified, and you'll see in a second, what's he ready to do then if he's purified? So we live in, an, in a place where we still live in America. People feel like, oh, they single out the Jews. No, they don't single out the Jews. In fact, somebody said, Rabbi, um, forget, Kess, 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 Rabbi Kess, I forget, Mendel Kessin. He said, you want to know something? You know, the whole situation in Russia? Um, I don't remember if I put on the recording. Or... Okay, whatever we're saying about Russia, we'll leave that for another time. Um, or for off the record. But here we're saying, um, so Esav so is now, who's from Edom, the Roman Empire, and they were, they were savages. What they did to Yidden, we don't want to even think, talk about it. It's, 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 it's so horrific. So, and yet now, Edom, Ace of Edom, we live in a Malchus of Chesed, and, um, and it's spread out to the whole world. So even though we feel like, oh, okay, there, you know, people are talking against Yidden, but mainly, it's safe to be a Yid anywhere. Or else, you know, put it this way, it's a safe, as safe as it's going to be, there's no place to go, not even Florida era Kaidish. <laughs> There's no place where Yidden can say, if I'm here, I am safe. I mean, ostensibly Eretz Yisrael doesn't feel like it. <laughs> um, but there's no place like, oh, yeah, I moved to New Zealand because it's very safe for Jews. No, it's the same. So we're either safe everywhere or we're not safe anywhere. So let's just assume we're safe everywhere. 
So now, watch this. This is the revolution, and we'll pull it together with this. I'm going to read it in Yiddish. Is the Chorshandik as if their health been trained by their matzah? So now it's understood that we're standing in a situation as their guf hagashmi unafilu gashmi as the oilam is shown in Gansen Nisbar of Nisdachis Gavarn. When is a keli muchan of Allah Arz Vinyanim Ruchnim. Okay, that means we are now, it's understood that we're now standing in a situation in which the physical body and even the physicality of the world is completely nisbarer, separated, purified, um, and is a fitting vessel for for all the lights, spiritual lights, Kalabaker, including Irish al-Mashiach Tukenu. The physical world and the physical body is now, Asa is ready, and the physical world and the physical body are already a fitting vessel for the highest light, including the light of Mashiach and the light of the Gula Mitzvah Even the light of the revelation of Peshitas Asmus, Hashem's very essence, um, as it will be, as it's via Sferik Neskala, as it will be revealed in the simple essence of Mashiach Tukenu. And through this, um, then it becomes revealed in the simple, simple essence of a Jew. And therefore, we're going to end with this. When the Eintzika Zach was felt, and the one thing that's missing is, as a Yid Zal Eif Efen in Zayna Eigen Kedibai, that a Yid should open his eyes properly, that there's then the Alza showing great to the Gula. And you will see that everything is ready for the Gula. We already have the Shulchan Aruch, the Yarin HaMashomer, the Sharabar, etc., etc. And we have all of that in a heart to understand, a eyes to see ears to hear and hard to understand and everything is now ready and Asaph is ready and your physical body is ready and the physical world is ready. They are all ready now to receive the light of the Gula. They never were before and mostly it's been done by all of the mitzvahs and all of the Kiddush Hashem and all of the Mitzvahs Nefesh that Yidin did throughout all of the uh, all of the generations and the learning of Pneumis at Tyra and all the work of the Alter Rebbe etc. Alter Rebbe etc seven generations, it all brought us to this point now of of what Yaakov was waiting for and working towards, that Asav and his whole environment is actually now ready for the highest light. So just to end off, so number one, this is a revolution, and it it it, it means... It's a revolution because we're used to the physical body not being purified and not being a vessel for the light of Mashiach and the physical world not being, and Ace of not being a vessel for Mashiach. We're used to the reality Ace of hates us, Ace of sign is Yaakov. And if he's ready for the light of Mashiach, he's ready to not hate us. So, so this declaration, um, by the Lubavitcher Rebbe is, requires us rethinking everything about the way we are used to acting in the world. When it comes to, you know, if you can't find your glasses, but the physical, if you can't find your glasses or, God forbid, what we call anti-Semitism, everything has to be rethought because even if, when you can't find your glasses, you say, oh, I knew it, uh, Hashem always makes things that make it impossible, I can't, I can't daven, I can't find my glasses, but your glasses are begging to be, you know, the whole physical world wants to assist you in connecting to Hashem through davening. It's, there are no more enemies. This is essentially saying that that feeling of everything's coming to stop me and make my life hard and another problem and another problem and another problem, that's the way it was. And now we need to step into a new way of thinking, I can't find the glasses right now, but surely they want to be used for davening. 
you know, come here, Malachal, my, or Mr. Hellman used to say that, come here, Malachal, you know, in, in sixth grade. Hello, little Glossalus, come here, where are you? I know you're hiding. Come, where, it's time to dive in, right? And they want to come to you. Anyway, he Rutten, we spoke a lot, um, a lot to think about. We, uh, tomorrow we'll continue, finish the last piece. Um, and may we find ourselves open, revealed godliness, ace of there standing, opening the door for us. Can I help you, ma'am? You know, right? All the aces will be standing saying, no, no, this way to the, like, by elections. Oh, ma'am, please come in this way to elections right over here, you know? So, well, can I help you, ma'am? This way to the base of Migdash. And, uh, may we find ourselves in the base of Migdash and, and the Gula Migdash Vashlam immediately now.